0: Welcome to What The Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 times that I got to kill that darn lurking Skaven. (laughs) To Uh, dodge. ah. (laughs) Uh, I'm Phil and with me as always is my co-host Davey. How are you doing, Davey? I'm doing outstanding. Outstanding. All right. And uh, joining us today to talk some about these uh, rapacious rats (laughs) Is the man who ran them so well at AdeptCon recently? We got requisite here. Uh, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. Uh, we really wanted to sort of dig into why why rats, but uh, just to give folks a little bit of context before we dive into the deck, which is the main topic for our episode today. Uh, we just wanted to say our normal context for this episode, so folks know when we're recording here. Um, We're still waiting on the Exiled Dead. Uh, Haven't gotten any more news about them. We just today got some sort of a teaser about uh, a new season or a new... Maybe it's just the new core box. It's kind of hard to say whether it's a transition to a new season or not, but there's this weird egg skull thing. Yeah, pretty right? Yeah.
2: A little teaser for uh, a teaser it's like tune in tomorrow so yeah of course, right of course we're recording of an
1: announcement <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> build yeah. that hype
2: if we could push the recording like 11 hours we'd probably be able to talk a little more about it but that's yeah. that's for another day
0: yeah yeah we'll get to that one next time but uh next episode definitely been yeah. getting out the tinfoil hats in the discord <laughs> for that one so you know maybe some reason to come and uh <laughs> talk some some ideas there with us uh and then uh, the only other thing as that, we recently saw a um, a new Rivals deck uh, in a White Dwarf. Um, mm. This is the Maze Breachers deck, and it is basically just a mishmash of the. What is this one? It's a couple of
2: different things, right? It comes out of the uh, Harrow Deep Core and out of Black Powders. Uh, so yeah. the universals from those combined. Yep.
0: Okay. I wasn't sure if there was more in there as well, but yeah. So just the two, um, I don't know. What do you guys think about
1: that? Uh, I'm glad they're doing it. Honestly. I mean, my point that I've been saying is that I think rivals is a good format idea, but you need more decks to make it a viable Mm -hmm. thing, especially Mm -hmm. with how oppressive uh, essentials is. And it'll be much easier to phase out essentials. If you have more decks and, you know, more, uh, uh, options for people to play with
2: yeah for people who aren't familiar with rivals plus because there's we i've actually explained that a couple times uh as this came out uh feel like you run that by real quick rivals yeah plus, yeah and,
0: and i guess it's also worth noting i think at uh warhammer world are they calling it warlords is that right? I feel like I've seen that a couple of times.
1: Warlords is what some of the playtesters have been calling it. I mean, I think maybe that was kind of an internal name that's kind of got disseminated, but I don't think oh, it's ever okay. used in like an official thing anywhere.
0: All right. Well, I, I've certainly seen it on the internet. So yeah, maybe right. people will say Rivals Plus. Maybe people will say Warlords. I usually see Rivals Plus. But the basic idea is that so it's it's Rivals. So you're playing a single faction. You don't have access to all the cards. But instead of it just being like, I'm just playing Rothcorn, instead you can then say, I either want to use one of the pre-constructed Rivals decks, or you can take the faction cards combined with one of the other uh, Rivals features. So either the pre-constructed Rivals decks, which we have the... Oh man, I'm not going to remember. Silent Menace and it uh, might. Might. looks might um man those names uh and and then also right now uh, as resident was mentioning they they do allow for the essentials pack to be one of the things that you can sort of shuffle in there as well um which right now i feel like a lot of people are just choosing that because it has a lot of very good options because it's supposed to right um but mm-hmm. it it sort of skews this format
1: yeah it, a big thing is just that like there's no plus damage cards in any of the rivals decks, so uh, essentials has great strength and glory seeker and fighter's ferocity and a couple <laughs> of good weapons. So yeah. it's like, yeah, well, hmm. and great fortitude as well. So yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: lots of
2: very strong options. Yeah, yeah, really tough to pass up. Um, I it makes sense to me as as having it in there. I, I know a lot of people talk about uh, rotating it out or phasing it out, uh, and I I don't disagree, but as a format that's designed to um you know to be like a stepping stone you want to encourage new players hey you know what you should buy is essentials that's really going to help you out um in championship play so it'll be tough to phase it out but i think to your point zach i think like more options out there like if there are more rivals decks to potentially compete with it then then you have the chance of making some um tougher decisions yeah
1: um, well especially with how good this deck is i mean i know we're not the point of this episode we're not going to get into it but this has contest of equals and mm, shadow tasty. keeper yep. uh, yeah uh which are which is a restricted card and a card which should be restricted <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> among a bunch of other really good cards so yeah. uh, i think this is one that you might see people start using
0: sure yeah sure. should be interesting um but yeah that was just a quick little segue to Uh, Try and get us into our main topic, Um, but uh, uh, our—I guess we do. We don't. I don't want to spend a ton of time off the main topic, but we do have our normal community shoutouts and uh, our "What the heck is going on with you?" segment. So, David, do you want to just quick rundown? We've we've got a few tournaments to just let people know about. um, Yeah, sure. So, just run them down quick. Uh, So set the tempos
2: former, uh, cruel overlord. Matt is, uh, setting up the Alberta grand clash. That's on May 15th. Uh, look into it if you can, it's a cool group of folks. There's going to be uh, captain murder, uh, is his handle on online. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's part of that crew. Uh, I I'm looking at, it seems really unlikely that I'll be able to pull it off, but man, it'd be kind of amazing. It's a one day clash, but if you can make it for the, uh, the day prior, Uh, They'll have another event there to make it worth your while. Um, Ourselves, we are having a local here, just a little uh, mini thing, but it's uh, May 1st, uh, starting at 11 a.m. in uh, Pegasus Games in Madison, Wisconsin. We're going to do a Rivals Plus event. Our crew here has been focusing on uh, the, in the aftermath of Adepticon. We're super stoked, pumped up, and we want to keep growing our community and bring even more people next time. Uh, and, uh, and to that point, actually, uh, Skylar's hosting a new player event tonight. As we record this, it's going on. Um, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. uh, they've, they've built a bunch of decks, laid out a bunch of snacks and, uh, uh, got, got a bunch of people who've been interested. I think they have four or five new players, yeah. um, that That's have awesome. dipped their toe in at some point or have expressed interest and they're, they're hoping to, uh, big up the game a little bit more. So, um. We want to lean into that and that's why we're going rivals plus we're reaching out to some of the uh, neighboring regions like Chicago and rockford and Milwaukee um, see if we can pull some folks in and uh, if we get anybody awesome and if we just uh, grow it uh, locally awesome and if we just uh, play rivals plus with the people we already know that also is going to be fun so uh, may 1st we'll have the uh, by the time this airs we're gonna have the details up on our, our site there'll be a link in the show notes and check it out yeah. Um, other community shout outs uh, so you heard uh, Phil and I run through our games if you want to hear Zach or Amon's games you can listen to Path to Glory's most recent episode at the time of this uh, they run down those and then uh, Gerard who ran Mourn Flight to Frightening Effect uh, he's got an article on Set the Tempo uh, where they kind of break down his deck uh, and a lot about how how he put it together and how he put it into play uh, and yeah. that's a really good read uh set the tempo real solid so um zach i've been you <laughs> i've kind of grabbed up all the all the uh big bits you got anything else community wise you uh that i might have missed here
1: uh, not off the top of my head um yeah. new vassal league is starting soon uh signups are closed now but um I think it'll be interesting to follow that. Uh, and thanks to everybody who's making that happen. Uh, mm. all, all the Vasilites who, uh, you know, make that. It kind of kept us sane through lockdown with these uh, <laughs> leagues and uh, tournaments and stuff. So yeah. shout out to them.
0: Uh, Phil, Absolutely. anything for me? No, I think I think you ran down everything um, that I've seen posted recently. So I think that's I'm going to call
2: that a win for
0: me. Yeah. Mark <laughs> that one in the W column. All right. And then quickly, we'll run through our hobby segment. What the heck is going on with you? Uh, Zach, you got anything that you've been hobbying on?
1: Um, been taking a small break from underworlds. Uh, oh. I've got a kitchen on the table, <laughs> I got some vet guard and some worm blade uh, oh. on the table. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just actually finished building my first 3D printer, so I'm gonna be oh, printing out some exciting. terrain. And uh, uh, I saw—I don't know if you guys saw it. Um, I think it was on the Discord. There was uh, at one of the Warhammer World events. There was like somebody printed out a border for their boards. So like, yeah, you know, setup, they it gave it like a little bit of terrain and stuff. And like people have printed up stuff for uh, block taxes before, but I thought that was really cool. And I'm going to see if I can find a, a design for that, that I like.
2: Cool. Nice. How about you, Davey? Uh, I've been putting some paint on Thundrix profiteers. Um, mm-hmm. They're a war oh. band that I had undercoated, but not done anything with for a while. Um, I've got a, KO, uh, army about it. Actually I added, I was like curious how much I had in the current edition. I have exactly 1000 points. Perfect. Um, so it's a nice way to dip back into that color scheme. Uh, I was going to get some paints on the Cunning crew, but, uh, the weather's been kind of up and down rainy on the days where I could have, uh, gotten that first spray coat on. So that got disrupted mm-hmm. and, uh, of course got out for our Thursday night, where where i got uh lost to sepulchral guard i was trying my championship far striders Ooh. and uh <laughs> uh i would say i would say it was uh claim the city i tried to block it and he scored it but really it was chiton scimitar just
0: chopping up all my dudes oh wow <laughs> it felt terrible um, not even so. not even a weapon that you've heard of before it's off brand <laughs> i mean
2: <laughs> three you know, fury often having supports cleave reroll if you don't get anything
0: kept on putting me on crits and it felt real bad it's so, a good one i yeah. i don't see it used as much as it probably should be but yeah that's uh that's that's pretty rough man <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh but it was good <laughs> and
2: uh, and then a little bit of uh, the the deck i always bring for if somebody wants to play rivals or rivals plus is i always just bring uh blade coven with their <laughs> straight rivals deck Ooh. which is uh which is insane because there's like some great cards and some awful cards and old that choice <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: They're, they're one of the rougher rivals decks for sure yeah
2: mm. yeah i mean there's some gold in there but there's also they're like okay well i can move through occupied and lethal hexes unless i'm, the, I'm like what is this card <laughs> <laughs> can i just discard it right now so i don't have to look at it anymore <laughs> yeah, so uh huh.
0: what about you phil uh, yeah, so I, I've sort of gone back to the drawing board a bit, um, started working on my, uh, a- well, after seeing that no one played the Seraphon at all at Adepticon, I yeah, was hurt your, hurt, yourself, hurt your heart a little bit, yeah. hurt me. So I, I picked them back up, tried them out, not at our last, uh, local game night, but the week before, um, played them into Skylar's Adepticon deck. And went one and one. So that felt pretty good. Yeah. So I think uh, I'm going to keep tinkering with that. See how it goes. Um, and then I I really do want to putz around with black powder some more. I don't feel like I gave him a fair shake. But uh, I don't know. It's it's just so much. It feels <laughs> like so much work every time I, I think about it. But I'm just like, ah, do I really want to do this? And then I don't. So (laughs) maybe someday we'll see. But yeah, that's what's been going on with me. And I believe now we can get down to business talking about this deck that you built.
2: Uh, Awesome. Uh, For anyone who's listening along, I encourage you head to underworld's DB. You can find a copy of this deck I have it linked in the show notes, but it's probably just easier for you to go straight there uh, it's listed in the Adepticon decks. You'll find the Skaven deck up there. The uh, yeah. number four? Uh, number,
0: number four. four. Yep. Yeah. 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 Quite, quite I mean, to say anything of secondary scoring, I mean, we'll make it clear, and for folks who have already listened to Path of Glory, they would know, but you were playing in the final match. Uh, obviously didn't end up winning it out, unfortunately, but having to fall all the way to fourth?
1: Well, yeah you can thank davy for that yeah i was up. just
0: gonna say i was like and and to no so host yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: i i lost with a positive glory differential which felt felt good going into the last round but yeah. uh for me already having a loss i was like that last round i it took me i already said this but it, it took me a while to realize like whoa, this matters a whole lot because uh i could <laughs> i could be anywhere from like 10th to apparently second but uh, I, and I don't know how you feel about it, uh, Zach, but, uh, you know, if it was up to me, I, I'd probably trade that trophy for, for having been able to say I made it to the finals, you know, um, people, people, uh, by trophy, I mean, the second place thing I, I got to bring home, like, uh, just having a shot at that number one, um, yeah, it's, it's gotta feel, gotta feel good to, to have had been, been there with the chance. Uh, even if you, uh, tiebreakers is in the format meant you came away without, an actual physical thing to
1: hold yeah no i i think the experience was great like i have never been on a top table like that for underworlds you know i've I, i've been a competitor for like 40k in aos for a long time and i i've, I've brought home trophies for sigmar um sure. but uh this is my first time for underworlds and i don't know maybe it's just like the way the game's played or how seriously i take it but like being at that top table feels much more intense and much more exciting. Um, yeah. so it was, a, it was, a, it was a great experience. I mean, yeah, it sucks to, you know, get all that way. Only drop a handful of games, uh, only really lose two games on the way up <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, not get anything. But I, I think in the long run, like my adaption experience was great and I don't need a piece of glass to tell me that. So
2: sure. Definitely. Yeah. You know, actually, you were telling us uh, you were tantalizingly close to the finals table back in 2019. I didn't realize this until we were chatting just now, but uh, you were you were third in uh, 2019. So, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, that, got the uh, got the runner runner up prize there. But that, <laughs> that was before they started really doing uh, day two cuts and stuff like that. So it was yeah. uh, it was oh, a yeah. different time. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That, that tournament went until 9 p.m. or something. Today, uh, <laughs> that one was rough. All right. So, Zach, we've got your uh, Claws Swarm Mad Scientist brew here. Uh, What's 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 in here? What what are the what's the secret sauce? Could you just run down the cards that you've got in here for us?
1: Sure. Uh, So as always, start with our objectives Uh, on the search side. We've got everything to prove fleeting primacy, moment of glory, prize beyond measure. Horrors in the Dark, and Reckless Swing. Uh, We have seven end phase objectives. Uh, We have Dominant Position, Scant Resources, Making a Statement, Path to Victory, Fearless Seekers, Lengthening Shadows, and Sinking Feeling. Uh, On the Gambit side of things, uh, All Ploys, obviously. We've got Scratching in the Shadows, There Are Always More, Carnivores All, a highlight of the deck, (laughs) Uh, Heated Instinct, Confusion, Sidestep, and then A Good Death, Dark Sacrifice, Omega's Offering, and Shadow Lure. Uh, Upgrades, we've got Extruded Snare, Impressive Bulk, Glory Seeker, Great Fortitude, Great Strength, Dying Curse, Screaming Demise, Gifted Bulk, Shadow Keeper, and Expendable.
0: So... We we know that this deck is awesome because we got to face it. But for all those folks out there who haven't seen this yet, haven't played against it, uh, we wanted to just dive in here, really dig into sort of the meat of this deck and some of like why why rats like this season one sort of out of left field uh, deck, any anything in particular, any like specific cards or anything that sort of gave you the idea?
1: Um, well, really, this deck actually started as um, I was jumping between Grimwatch and Starblit Stalkers, talked a little bit about this on Path to Glory, but um, I started playing those because I like swarmy warbands. I played skeletons in season one and rats in season one. I played thorns. I played Grimwatch. It's kind of like my style. I like a lot of models and I like resurrecting models. Um, And, you know, in a lot of those decks I was running... Uh, Dying Curse because it's a really good card. I mean, you know, you you put out a guy that maybe you can res or at the very least is somebody you don't care about losing, like a talk in uh, Starblood Stalkers or something like that.
2: For folks who don't know Dying Curse, give that a quick rundown.
1: Yeah, Dying Curse is... Uh, reaction when this fighter dies you give the uh, attacker minus two to their wounds characteristic and since it's minus two, two minimum of one of course so mm-hmm. you can't just like kill a two wound fighter mm-hmm. but since it's a minus two wounds characteristic if they already have wounds on them it can not kill them say they have two wounds on a four wound fighter you reduce them to two by two 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 wounds and now they're a two wound fighter two wound counters they just die mm. or at the very least you soften them up and then Scritch can just run up and stab them, right? Right, yeah. Um, and that's a very good card that I was running for a long time. Um, and then I played a game against a... Uh, I can't remember who it was online, but I played against somebody playing Skeletons, and he played Screaming Demise Against Me, and I had to reread it, because originally I thought it was when, you know, it's the card reads a reaction when this fighter dies, choose an enemy fighter, give them a charge token. And I read that initially as you know, give a charge token to the fighter who kills you. I thought it was the same as Screaming Curse. And they're like, no, no, it can be any fighter on the board. Mm-hmm. And that's very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. So then I kind of like, I started digging into Arena Mortis 2 and I'm like, hey, there's a lot of cards in here that kind of give you bonuses for dying. So I was running those in Grimwatch who also have res and also have expendable fighters. <laughs> um, but one thing Grimwatch don't have is one a good inspire condition they have like the worst inspire condition in the game i hate it so much uh and two bold
2: bold statement worst in the mm -hmm. game uh Uh, but certainly in harrow deep i I buy it in harrow deep where everyone's trying to rush your territory at this point yeah
1: Yeah. i'm a little hyperbolic but i think (laughs) i think that the uh, i played them a lot in the last season of vassal and i think i inspired them in like Maybe twenty five percent of my games. It's oh, yeah. not reliable at all. Yeah, like you said, with the way the meta game is, and yeah. just you know they've changed how offset boards are. It's harder to long board. It's yeah. you know it's also less reliable to stay in your territory because you now you can't place on edge hexes, so it's harder to guarantee you have three in your territory. So like. Yeah yeah there's a lot to just go that goes into making it to, a lot less reliable
2: to be clear i'm with you I, I brought these guys for like seven or eight games to our our local
1: and i won my first one i was like all right i'm onto something and i just like lost non-stop after that so <laughs> yeah uh, i, I, I don't think they're bad because they still have good cards but like yep. man if they shut down that inspire round one their yeah. fighters are just not good uninspired
2: not <laughs> so good yeah
1: yeah but anyway so i was playing them and i'm like you know, it's just kind of missing something like it's missing a little bit of spice. And then I was like, oh, you know who has another good card that happens when you die <laughs> is Skaven. They have Expendable. Expendable is yeah, a really good card. Sure do. Yeah. And if you don't know what Expendable is uh, for the listeners, because they are season one warband, uh, Expendable is this fighter is not worth glory. Basically, it's a reaction when you would be dealt damage. You just take the fighter off the board, deal one damage to the attacker, and they don't get glory. And it's not counted as taken out of action, so you can't score anything like, you know, you take a fighter out of action as a surge or anything like that. It doesn't give primacy nothing. It just counts as it counts as a failed attack even. I think the attack action fails. Um, or maybe it's like succeeds, but you don't get the bounty. It's something like that. It's weird. They've had to FAQ it like four times. <laughs> um, I'm pretty
0: sure it fails because the reaction is during an attack that would cause any damage you then remove the fighter from the battlefield. So the attack never actually succeeds.
1: Right. It, um, and this was, re- if you played a lot in like mid beast grave, uh, this was really bad with the uh, crown of avarice. Mm-hmm. If, if you guys remember mm-hmm. that card,
0: that um, is a uh, one interpretation
2: and insert, insert PTSD <laughs> meme here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a really fun time for everybody involved and there was no trauma had by anybody. No. Um, But yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, and they have a good res, like Skaven get to res on any starting hex anywhere on the board. And then I'm like, oh, you know, they're also two dodge, and there's a lot of cover in the game. And they're also move five. And a lot of the aggro things are either move three or move four. And then I I just like started going through and putting the deck together. And I was like, actually, this is my original version of the deck was called uh, Skaven Death Jank, because I thought it was just like the (laughs) jankiest thing in the world. And then I was like, you know this is actually like i won all my test games when i was like testing this out online and with Mm -hmm. friends in person i was like i don't know if i'm getting incredibly lucky or this is actually good but then it just kind of kept happening so um yeah
0: yeah that's Uh, how i
1: ended up there the the
0: impression (laughs) from looking at the deck uh which funny enough uh davy how did we find out about this deck so in uh, you know i've I've plugged the the discords
2: a number of times but uh you had, you had posted up there, and I remember you describing it as death jank. And I was like, I remember looking at it being like, oh, I don't know, this might have legs. Uh, and I built a much, much worse Skaven deck for our, our buddy, <laughs> uh, Aaron. And uh, then it was real close to the event. He says, hey, I can't find that. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I even saved it. Uh, let me go find something. So <laughs> I went and found a version of this that you had posted, handed it to him. And Aaron, who has not played in two two and a half years, uh, went to Adepticon and won a match and tied another match out of the four he played. With oh, this, impressive. So, yeah. yeah,
0: good yeah. for him. So basically, yeah. went five hundred uh, <laughs> at Adepticon with a deck that he would never really looked at before. And
1: uh, Adepticon was a rough field too. I mean, that was yeah. not a yeah. not an easy yeah. field to play into. Yeah. No. Uh,
0: this looking at this deck, it looked very good just on paper so uh and i can attest to having played <laughs> against it, it, it so, so multiple we times it's <laughs> <laughs> very very good deck um but it's a it's constructed in a slightly different way than most decks uh your deck has 13 objectives 18 Why? 18 points. <laughs>
1: what? what are you doing there um there's a lot of end phases in here that you just like can't guarantee i have making a statement in here and while i did score it a lot at adepticon Mm -hmm. it's just a card that sometimes you're going to have to throw away you know Mm -hmm. and with the way them you know the mulligan system nowadays is nice in that you know you get your initial cards back in your deck but it does mean that getting to the bottom of that deck and seeing the cards you need to see is harder Mm -hmm. so If you're not scoring surges quickly, like your surges are at the bottom of your deck and you don't have the activations to cycle an objective because you're doing other things, sometimes you just need to throw away objectives at the end of the round that you're not going to score. Making a statement is one. Fearless Seekers early on is another, or uh, Lengthening Shadows early on is another one. Fearless Seekers can be one too if your opponents are really going for it. I threw Path to Victory out a lot because... When you play into big meatball things like hmm. uh uh with <laughs> we'll <like do> that. <laughs> or crushes, and you're like, Well, I'm not gonna kill anybody with five wounds, so path to victory is kind of worthless. So having that just one extra card in there to kind of be like, Okay, I can safely throw away an objective and not really worry about my glory total totally taking a hit. I, I yeah. think it it ended up being pretty consistent for me, so uh, it does make your surges come out a little bit slower, just because there is that um, percentage of drawing a surge as opposed to an end phase goes mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. But you know, it, I think it I think it evens out for the better.
0: Yeah, well, it certainly seems to work very well for you. Um, I think. I think looking at it myself, it's like, it just feels like right now, everything that is in the meta actually just lends itself very well to Skaven, just because they can resurrect an enemy territory. Was that mm-hmm. sort of the uh, the idea with the objective deck? Because a lot of the things that you want to do involve holding yeah.
1: objectives in
0: enemy territory?
1: Yeah, actually, that was one of the things, um, again, during my time testing with Stalkers and Grimwatch. Um, I found that a lot of times you were just you're just running a dude into enemy territory to squat on a cover hex or on a delved objective. Um and that does like we said, it works great for Skaven because lurking Skaven starts out on two dodge, everyone else gets to two dodge or two shield when they inspire. So getting them out there and just you can put them out there. They can die. They can res into enemy territory. I've got a bunch of sidesteps to get back onto objectives after resing. Their res lends itself. There was actually a, during Dire Chasm, a somewhat popular Skaven deck that had a very similar idea. You just would resonate, you know, that, or was it Dire Chasm or Late Beastgrave? It was, it was one Crown of Avarice was in. Um, because you would do the same thing. You would die resin enemy territory. Okay. Now I'm not worth any glory. I'm going to sidestep onto this objective. I'm going to pull this objective under me. I'm going to, you know, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of won based off that. Yeah. Um,
2: restless prize being a big help there where you could pull a mm-hmm. objective onto a starter. Right? Yeah.
1: Restless was great. Um, there were a couple other ones. Um, one that I didn't include in here is, uh, Oh, I'm gonna blank on the name. It's the one where you pick a feature shifting token and
2: shards it... or shifting.
1: No. Sh- yeah, shifting shards is one. Um, but there's another one where it's you just choose a feature token within one hex of a fighter and move it underneath them.
2: Oh, living no living lands Symbio- is Symbio- yeah.
1: Symbio- symbiotes. Symbiotes call. call. Thank you. Yes, yeah, um, symbiotes call. I didn't choose that because um, uh, shadow lure does something very similar, but it chooses the fighter, so you can also inspire off mm-hmm. of it.
0: That's... Um. That's pretty smart.
1: <laughs> and and that's the other thing about Skaven is that they all have very easy Inspire condition, um, especially with a certain card we'll talk about later. Um, you know, But like I said, you throw your guys in enemy territory, you get them inspired, or you just throw a lurking Skaven who's got two. And then you're threatening Fearless Seekers, you're threatening uh, Horrors in the Dark, you're threatening uh, Sinking Feeling, you're potentially mm-hmm. even threatening making a statement, and your opponents have to deal with that two wound effectively to shield fighter. And yeah, it's, uh, it, it's lends itself very well to cover. Um, one yeah. of the, you know, people talk, we're talking a lot early on in Harrow deep about how cover is bad for objectives. And like, to an extent, I agree because if you're trying to do things like, like we were doing in Harrow deep where, in uh, beast grave where it was, um, Hidden purpose, temporary victory, Mm -hmm. um, uh, what's the swift capture, where it was, you know, I just run onto things and I score. I walk onto this and I score too. Um, You can't really do that anymore, but kind of the ability to move on to a flipped objective, get the defensive bonus, which is great, Mm -hmm. uh, and then be like, all right, now I'm going to flip it and score something. Now I'm going to flip it back. Now I'm going to flip it at the end of the round and have it. And You have to think about dominant position or you know, next round I might have a uh, fleeting primacy or something like that. Um, and it, it adds a lot of thinking as to when you want to flip or not flip objectives. Um, but it is a, uh, it, I think it does add a pop overall net positive for decks like this.
2: I, I think what I found uh, playing against it is that uh, it, it, it meant that you were, moving on things, you weren't scoring these as fast as you would have in beast grave, but you were Mm -hmm. presenting a difficult decision to your opponent. Uh, They, they had to think about like what might be in the Skaven player's hand? Like what, what do I have to worry about and whether or not you even had it or not, you, I, I was, you know, when I was playing, I was burning thought cycles thinking like, okay, like what could it be? It could be this or this. Okay. If it is this, then I need to do. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, every decision felt really loaded as far as what the potential consequences were. And it forces mistakes because um, I've, I've got so many possibilities that I'm trying to work my way through. Um, and I think that's one of the strengths of it.
1: Right. And that's something I talk with Aman about uh, after our game is just like having a Skaven on even a cover hex, not even a, a delved objective, just like a gloom hex in enemy territory is like it could be nothing. Or it could be fearless seekers and a two glory swing. Um, And that's, you know, that does color your decision making. And especially if you have to make charges and you don't have enough fighters to like realistically deal that damage, Um, you know, the purifiers early on a lot of damage one, you know, as the game goes on, they get better and better damage. But um, it can make that early couple rounds really confusing. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah and and as someone who was playing pure aggro it was more the problem of like i can kill the rats but i can't keep them dead um
1: and that was kind of the other big idea behind this um i almost uh i almost like i said i I designed it almost purely for crushes and ripas because i thought that's i thought they were going to be way more prevalent and there was a good number of both of them at the event um I think a lot of people were planning for them as well. I think all the top 4 were really kind of planning to be counter aggro or uh, or at least like counter meta in some way. Mm. Um but Skaven do it pretty uniquely. Uh you can res anywhere on the map including the back corner of the enemy board. You can uh move 5 in the opposite direction of somebody if you whiff an attack. Like you charge in, Morgok and you whiff an attack, I'm gone and you're never catching up to me. You know, it's um it, the the speed that they offer is I think the one thing that keeps when we keep talking about how sca- how season one is like, uh, you know, no season one warbands good. They're all like been power crept and their cards are bad. Like the speed defense ease of inspire of Skaven is the one thing that keeps them like really really um, competitive compared to mm-hmm. modern warbands.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have anything bad to say about that. Skaven have some amazing cards, like uh, some of the best, I would actually say. I think just, some of the just a handful. There's cards. a lot of there's a lot of dreck I mean, in there. But yeah, yeah, there's some clunkers. But like they've also got some that are just like They're, crazy good.
1: They have two good objectives and the rest are kind of trash. But like <laughs> gam- power cards, they've got a lot of really sneaky good things, honestly.
0: Mm, yep Yeah. Um, yeah yeah just tons but uh the uh i mean so thinking thinking some about you know power cards and and just sort of the the end state of the deck and you had mentioned some of the things that didn't make it into the deck mm -hmm. uh were there any others that felt like they were close to making it in things that you felt like maybe had a good reason for this meta but just couldn't quite make the cut
1: yeah um so one that i actually brought with a car i actually brought a couple cards with uh in the deck box and was not sure until i submitted um uh hypnotic buzz i feel like i may have even performed well i i mean i know i get to the finals and everything but like i feel like if i had traded out one of the death uh gambits for hypnotic buzz it may have performed a little smoother because I didn't have many ways to get people off objectives. Yes, I have an in-faction distraction, I have confusion, but outside of those, there's no real good... I have to punch people off objectives. So Mm. when you go against somebody else who's trying to do a dominant position type thing, not having that extra push, I think probably hurt a little bit in the long run. Um, Mm. And one of the things is that all these cards, all these arena mortis cards have the same trigger. It's when the fighter is taken out of action. It's after an attack action that takes a friendly fighter out of action. Um, so there was a lot of times where I'm holding a good death, but then you, uh, an enemy kills somebody with screaming demise. and I'm like, well, I want the reaction from screaming demise. Oh, you're so blocking your better. own
2: reactions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And at that point, I'm like, "Well, this would have been better as a push because that push could have given me positioning. It could have gotten me on an objective, or at least somebody off an objective." Um, and you know, it it's something that I had definitely thought about. And maybe if I hit, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, um, but it, it's definitely something that perhaps I should have gone with. Uh, the other one was as an upgrade. Um, and I'm going to blank on the name. and I'm going to have to dig it up. But the uh, Do either of you know off the top of your head the um, it's the illusion for a minion or it's an illusion where you get plus one dice in cover. And if you're a minion, you also get um,
2: Uh, something, something shadow, right? Is that because he's uh,
1: yeah, it's something like that. It's a um, when you're in cover, opponents have minus one dice against you. If the fighter is a minion you also get plus one dice and all these Skaven nameless minion er, rats are got the minion keyword. Oh, wow. So it's, it's actually really good for them. Um, I didn't take it because I, I had three death cards, dying curse, screaming demise and expendable. Mm-hmm. And then everything else was just focused on keeping scritch alive and making Shoot. him better. Um, but in, again, in hindsight, I may have traded out glory seeker. Um, or ex- the the one card that doesn't fit into those categories that I have is extruded snare, uh, but that's because just giving a target a move token is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um. But you know, kind of go- going back, like you know, if you have an illusion that you can throw on lurking Skaven to make him three dodge and cover, and enemies have minus one dice against him for a round, like he's never getting off that objective. Nobody's nobody's stopping him, right? Like right. Yeah. I think that's probably a good inclusion. I think a couple of the other Skaven, uh, one of the other Skaven players, if not both of them, were probably running it. Um, i to pull up Jimmy's deck here. Uh, terrifying
2: Shadow is the card that you're. Shadow. looking yes. for. Yes,
1: and he does and have it. Jimmy
0: it. did, yeah. I remember him using it against me.
1: Yeah. I, I
2: know there's also like a, I mean, it's, it's not super prominent. There's a little anti synergy in Skaven where you can accidentally. You know break it with uh with your own choose cards and
1: right heavy on the choose <laughs> right that that is definitely something to consider um but you know you you figure out the order you use your choose cards sure. first you yeah. uh and then you throw it on or or you throw it on and then you use your choose card after your opponent's attacked yeah, yeah after you no longer need it sure um but yeah those are the ones that kind of like just almost didn't make the cut um mm-hmm. Everything else was kind of set. I mean, I, I went for high um, uh, repetition. I like I like there to be redundancy in a deck. So I've got yeah. like three side steps. I've got three plus one wounds because I wanted to keep Scritch alive. Yeah, um, you know, I I have all you know redundancy on the death stuff as well. So.
2: And I know, uh, I know that that redundancy on wounds was a difference in ours because I got scritch down to one wound away, but then he was able to retreat and then continue to resurrect rats mm-hmm. uh, in our in our game three. And I was like, yeah. man, have, that just the difference of the one wound was all the all the world.
1: Yeah, um, and that that actually happened a bunch. Um, just you know, especially even holding on to it because like you can throw plus one wounds onto any rat. You know, it doesn't have to be scritch, but like if your opponent tools up and they go, okay, I put great strength on I'm strength. I'm four damage now. And then you just like pull out gifted bulk or pull out impressive yeah. bulk or something like that. It just turns people's plans on their head. And right. um, because uh, you can,
2: you can dump resources into, uh, you know, I'm going to have one very accurate attack here and it may be enough to get through your two dice on guard in a cover hex, but I right. probably can't do it
1: twice. You know, right? It, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the big thing right now is, there's a big focus, and actually, you know, I I, I could have a, a, a meta discussion on it. Um, there's a lot of focus on one-shotting stuff, and people generally will give up once they can't one-shot a target. Mm. Um, it is kind of a psychological thing that I've noticed that, like, you know, one even just getting Shadowkeeper on an important target like Scritch or Drepper or something like that, you put a good defensive card on. And the opponent goes, well, I might just well just not attack him anymore. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, you could get through and, you know, you could take that risk. And if it goes through, you're in a great spot. Uh, yeah, that's what Amon did a lot against me. Yeah. Um, he took those risks and they paid off. Yeah. Um, That's how Bonnar
2: dies. Yeah. (laughs) People are like, I guess I'm just going to try anyway. I'm like, well, you got him. Damn it. Yeah. But I'm sure
1: (laughs) you've noticed as well. There's definitely a lot of people who just go, eh, it's not worth it. And then you get to do whatever you feel like. So I I think that's something that definitely comes up as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Uh, While we're in. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I had to learn that lesson in our (laughs) practice matches that it was like. Oh, yeah. If there is an important target that needs to die, you just keep throwing stuff at it until it's dead. <laughs> Make um, sure it dies, yeah. Because the times I would leave Bahonar alone, I I lost embarrassingly. <laughs> so
1: yeah, he, he's a little scary once he gets powered up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> One of the areas that uh, I am
2: most interested in uh, when when deck building is uh, that that the edges, right? Like those are where you. There's some choices that are. Like, obviously, you know, uh, like in your case, I'm a Skaven deck and I care about staying on objectives. I'm going to take down a position. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm a Skaven deck and there's a card called carnivore's all I'm going to take <laughs> moment of glory. Like those are, those are obvious choices. Uh, we talked some about like the edge cases, like what card, what cards almost made the cut and what cards made the cut, but almost didn't. Uh, but the other spot just cars and other than cars in general is restricted right so mm-hmm. um trying to decide what your three restricted are you're making that same decision set Um uh, my by my account i think uh everything to prove um scant resources and expendable are you restricted in this
1: yeah that's correct
2: okay um were those kind of locked in right from the start or were there other restricteds that you're like man i wish i could Uh, I I might go for this if I can cut uh, one of my three.
1: Um, Expendable was kind of locked in from the start because that was the theme of the deck, right, Mm -hmm. is let stuff die. Um, And Expendable, just in general, is a very strong card because of the way it makes your opponent react. Um, Scant resources, I used to, when it first went on the restricted list, I used to just think it was going to be dead and no one was going to play it anymore. Um, but unless you're playing against specifically people who can't hold objectives, uh, if you're playing against, um, soul Raid is big for this. Molog is big for this. And, um, you know, to an extent like Thrafnir in Hrothgorn or, um, uh, black powder has a couple that can't hold objectives now. Um, but unless you're playing specifically against those, like you score scant resources, every game you do. Yeah. And, it's for a two glory swing and i'm gonna be on objectives anyway like even if my opponent isn't scoring it for me because that was the big thing why i got restricted in the first place is like you would run it as aggro because your opponents are going to score it for <laughs> you right like right. most like if they're not playing aggro they're going to score it and if they are playing aggro you can just throw yourself on a cover hex and score yeah. it um but now that it's restricted it's still pretty darn good for hold objective players just because like well, unless they're specifically going out of their way to stop you, and I can kind of counter that with scratching the shadows and my own pushes and reses and stuff, like, unless they're going specifically out of their way to stop you, you're getting two glory every time that's in your hand. So yeah. that that's kind of locked in for me from the beginning, um, which left everything to prove. And I didn't want it in my deck because I hate Primacy. I think it's my least favorite mechanic that has ever been in <laughs> Underworlds. Um, and I know that's not exactly a spicy take, but um, <laughs> I, I didn't really want it in, but you know, it was another card that was, well, I get glory for dying, because everything to prove. And my opponents mm-hmm. are probably running Primacy anyway, so might as well throw it in there, and then, well, if I'm going to run Primacy anyway, that gives me access to fleeting Primacy, which is again, not a great card because being on three during the middle of a game is kind of difficult, but also it's kind of my plan as it is. So yeah, it can go for it. Like no big deal. And I ended up scoring fleeting primacy, not every game, but a number of games. Um, so everything to prove is kind of like, it's a restricted card. I don't want to run j- just on principle. Uh, but also because like I feel like there should be better surges, but I mean, if you've if you've read me post anywhere on Discord, you know that I think the current search set is just kind pretty of pretty yeah. yeah, it's, it's no, boy mm, no. Yeah. Maybe with Exile Dead, we'll get some new surges, but uh, for now, everything to prove stays in the deck.
0: And <laughs> only hope. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Card pool could use some infusion of new blood right now. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead, Phil. Well, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's all right.
1: Well, but uh, uh, to answer, I guess, to further expand on the question about restricted, before it was uh, everything to prove it was just contest of equals, because I think that's, Mm. you know, that's kind of, yeah, that feels like the default restricted card for objectives, like just across everything. Yeah, there's some factions it's better or worse on, but. Uh, especially here when you're two dice in cover with lurking or with any other inspired Skaven, especially once you get shadow keeper on like people throw dice at you and you throw it back and you've got a pretty good chance of matching their dice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if I'm not making the dice throw, you know, the attacks myself. um, It's just kind of a consistent card, but then if you're not running everything to prove, you probably don't want to run another primacy card and fleeting primacy. So it kind of got to the point where it was like, well, if I want to trade out everything to prove, I need to get two surges to replace it. That's the point. Yeah, And then it was silver lining. Mm. And I, I really dislike silver lining. Every time I put in a deck, it's just like it bricks or I have to throw it or, you know, I discard it and then I draw four objectives in the next yeah. round or something like yeah. that. And it's just mm-hmm. the most frustrating card. So,
2: and you're uh, a deck that uh, in general or in, in my experience, like you're really you're not wanting to do a lot of drawing like your 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 activations i'm, I'm getting on objectives i'm getting on tokens i'm getting on tokens like yeah, there's always
1: something for you to do whether it's bringing somebody back
2: or, or moving on to those spots so
1: it, exactly and the other thing about that is silver lining is great when you can afford to keep the upgrades in your hand um, right. and it's it's something that you don't really explore a lot because Most people are like, I have a glory. I'm going to put great fortitude on. I have a glory. I'm going to put great strength on, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of an automatic uh, Mm -hmm. jump that you do there. Um, But silver linings really excels when you're like, okay, I've got three upgrades in my hand. Even though I have glory to spend, I'm going to hold these, draw a card, and hopefully draw into another upgrade. Mm -hmm. And for this deck specifically well dying curse screaming demise and expendable. I want to put those on as soon as possible The mm-hmm. th- wound upgrades. I want to get those on Scritch as soon as possible. Yeah. I can't dilly dally, you know, letting him get punched while I'm trying to draw cards, getting to, uh, uh silver lining. So it, it didn't really, like you said, not a lot of actions available for me to just sit around and draw a card. Mm-hmm. So it didn't really gel well with the deck.
2: Yeah. Uh, while we're on the subject of your surges, uh, I'm looking at reckless swing in here. Um, it feels like almost an outlier except for the fact that it scores no matter what the dice you roll. Like uh, so this is basically a, like a positioning card and with your speed is it, is this why it's in here? Cause you have such speed that you can spot those opportunities to like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go bomb in and uh, you know, this I can afford to send hungering inspired hungering in there to just like take a hail Mary swing. I don't really care if it hits, if it does cool, if it doesn't, Cool. I'm gonna score reckless swing on it. Is this is this why it's in there?
1: Yeah, I mean that's definitely part of it. uh, A big part of it. Um, You know, another part of it is again the lack of the search pool being very strong. (laughs) I, I mean, I initially there was like kind of a aggro portion of this where I had some more stuff to go on Scritch, and then I had like Scritch is the greatest, Uh, (laughs) and that was in there before Reckless Swing, and then I was like, ah, this really is not kind of working out. Um, but reckless swing, like surprisingly, it's well one. It's probably the best search to draw in round one because people deploy clumped up. Mm-hmm. It's very bad search to get later on because if you're playing against Ripa, if you're playing against Morgak, or really anybody that's leaving their deployment zone at all mm-hmm. in round three, it's a it's almost an unscorable card because they're they're too spread out for it to ever be scored. Sure, but. The best thing about it is that you can make it gel with everything else. Um, if your opponent deploys the boards, and they have a board where there's two hexes next or two starting hexes near each other, you know they're probably going to deploy on those. If you're playing a aggro warband anyway, they're going to deploy on the two forward ones. Well, you just put a cover hex in between them. Mm. You, they're probably going to give you turn one because people love giving turn one away. Um, And it generally is the correct idea um, to give turn one away and have the final activation in round one. But if they give you turn one, you charge in between two fighters onto a cover hex. If you get to push one away, great. If you don't get to push one away, whatever. I've scored Reckless Swing. I'm in position for Horrors in the Dark and Fearless Seekers. I'm, you know... Maybe I'm holding Omega's offering. I pop that on Hungering Skaven. Now he's inspired. Two dice in cover. And if you kill him, I get a glory. Maybe I'm holding everything to prove on top of it. Like it actually leads into a lot of other things if you get it mm. early on. Like I said, if you get it later, it does kind of suck. But like in round one, I think Reckless swing might be the strongest surge for that opening round. Um, sure. In you know the the only other one that's better is moment of glory if you're also holding carnivores all but that's not <laughs> you, you can't really yeah. always have that one not
0: always but when you do <laughs>
1: yeah I mean yeah that that always kind of feels bad almost like the, the games the the games where it's like game one I carnivores all round one they're like ah oh, man that that was crazy then like game two I carnivores all round one and they're like ah that's
0: really yeah <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, I can say that it, it did not feel good Uh, when it came up in one of my three matches against Skaven (laughs) Um, but yeah uh, David do you have any other questions about the actual deck makeup I think we've kind of run through most of what went into the deck Um,
2: I mean I I know from having listened to uh, Path to Glory that you're you specifically built towards countering Ripa and Crushes Mm-hmm. Um, and the cards that do that especially are uh, Screaming Demise, Extruded Snare, um, Dying Curse to some extent. Um, a bit. Uh, but, uh, but really like the... And e- even, you know, I had a four-fighter war band when I was playing you. Um, and I remember doing the math on Screaming Demise. And, you know, there were... I I gained a lot more respect for the, the card because I remember thinking like, ah, I mean... Like if, if this is on and I lose this fighter late in the round, it doesn't really do anything if, you know, they, they die on the last one. But what it what it effectively did is it delayed when I wanted to be able to knock a particular fighter out, which then opened the door for other things. Like it again, it made me made me make a lot of difficult
1: choices. So it does because, you know, you can, you know, they there is this kind of gut reaction where you're like, Oh, well, I'll just leave them to last. That's no big deal. But leaving them to last means that guy that's sitting on an objective is now going to score me Horrors in the Dark. He's going mm-hmm. to score me Fleeting Primacy, potentially. He might even score me Prize Beyond Measure, which happened a couple of sure. times when I stacked up on uh, a Lurking Skaven.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then, of course, End Phase stuff. Like, if you miss that final attack, right. you know, a, right. a big thing about that is you leave it to last. Well, now you're all on one attack. That's if you yeah. swing the first one, like, okay... If I've got a lurking Skaven on, you miss it round one, or you miss attack one, you go, okay, well, I could just attack again the next time. You leave him to your fourth activation, and now you're dice. You're, you're up to the dice gods. Yep. Yep. Um, the,
0: the other thing that I found when I was playing against this was that I'd leave the person to last, I'd go to get them dead, kill them, and then realize, oh, yeah, it's a reaction. You they don't, don't have to take they it. They don't have to use it. <laughs> yeah. And then they just come back next round. And it was like, yeah. oh, <laughs>
1: this feels so bad. It, it does, especially if you're also holding there are always more, because like then it's not even a scritch action. You just like yeah. you're like, Oh, you killed him, I'm not gonna react, and I'll just res him right next to you and sidestep yeah. back onto that objective. Like Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's there are always more ruined a couple (laughs) games for me because i was like all right great i got them dead i'm gonna pick up clean kills and then last activation or last power step there are always more i'm gonna drop them in your territory and i just like oh yeah you don't even know how much that hurt (laughs) (laughs) it's like a five glory swing Mm -hmm.
2: uh but yeah nothing else i've got as far as the the cards themselves uh yeah you want to jump into but, anything else? Uh,
0: yeah i mean so so speaking to sort of the idea of building this to play against ripas and crushes and sort of just the meta i guess in general mm-hmm. which we had sort of all diagnosed as being uh invasion aggro yeah um, which quick aside uh i've seen people giving me credit for
2: saying coining invading aggro i don't think I, if you're if you're the person out there who actually coined that that phrase then please take credit uh, i'm not i'm not claiming your your work I, I don't exactly know how that got attributed to me but uh yeah, um,
1: sure i could dig back in the discord log somewhere and figure out yeah who it was. there's
2: there's someone with good enough search food they can figure out who it actually was but i, I just i didn't i didn't want to come up as uh, stealing it. somebody That's else's a, yeah sure okay. we
0: we we get our voices out to a lot of people without really uh <laughs> yeah. having to think about it too much i guess loud voices not original voices yeah we there here, you go so. um but anyway sorry yeah so, no but to but to think sort of that was the idea of the deck i guess the the two things that i was wondering is that so did it did it achieve what you wanted it to in that sense and then also were there sort of counter counter meta matchups that you were worried about? Like, was there things where you were like, man, if there's somebody else playing against the meta with this, I could be in big trouble.
1: Oh, definitely. Both counts. I mean, I played crushes three rounds in a row and I too owed like not, not to say that like, you know, Oh, I'm so much better than these guys, but like I built the deck to kill crushes and it did exactly what it was designed to do. Um, mm. And uh, you know, not that I enjoyed playing the same matchup three ga- uh, three <laughs> matches in a row, but um, you know, I was I was kind of happy to have that ability to test uh, test what I've done, or what sure. I've created. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it performed amicably, and in our testing games beforehand, uh, um, my testing partner Joe, who came um, and played Rippa's, uh, he was uh, also in the top sixteen uh, mm-hmm. day two. Um, but, you know he he had choice words about this deck uh, and <laughs> I, I had very good games against him as well yeah um but yeah it's it performed just as i kind of expected it to i think when you know what a metagame is and you have an idea on how to not necessarily like stop it in its tracks but like throw it off. Because I don't think this is like an unwinnable matchup for Magors. I don't, or not Magors, uh, for Crushes, um, Morgok. I don't think it's an unwinnable match for Rippas, but it is one that, like, you can't just play the same as you play every other uh, faction. Um, and, and to that end, I think it worked really well. And probably if we played Crushes versus Skaven, you know, 20 times in a row, like, eventually it would kind of balance out towards more of a 50 50 uh, based on, you know, how they react and how they set up and how they, you know, plan their moves ahead and stuff like that. But, um, in context of going into a metagame that wasn't prepared for it, uh, yeah, it, it did what it did, what it was meant to do. But yeah, there were definitely things that I was scared to see. Um, I think I probably would have, uh, lost in, in immediately if I went against Gerard, that deck was, uh, basically designed to kill my deck. Um, Uh. (laughs) not that he not that he's very good at killing rats or anything but like that faction has two distractions and i think he was running hypnotic buzz or maybe he wasn't but he had a lot of distractions he also wanted to be an objective so like Mm -hmm. my my fear was always other dominant position decks because not only is making a statement probably dead not only is um uh, sinking feeling you know, maybe not dead, but probably dead. Lengthening shadows is much harder because a lot of those decks are content to sit in their territory, which also makes horrors in the dark harder because they're probably sitting on their own cover hexes, or at least trying to get you off them to like contest them and stuff like that. Like fleeting primacy is you know a no go in those uh, decks. Like that's exceedingly hard to score. Uh, that was a big part of keeping scant resources as a uh, restricted card. Is that you have to think like, okay, what if I go into somebody else who wants to hold objectives? Well, Mm. dominant position's up in the air because it depends on objective setup. It depends on dice and draws and who gets where first and who has what cards to push you off and push you back on. But scant resources, if they're playing dominant position, you're always scoring it. Granted, they're probably also scoring scant resources, but like you are keeping that parity in glory um, to kind of get there. But I do think that if I was going against somebody who was stronger in the hold objective game, and I do think heroes are stronger at it in general, um, and to an extent, I do think Davies uh, Purifiers were better at it in general because they have some of those faction cards which are really good. You have two ranged fighters that can kind of sit in your territory and turn it off when I come into it to try to score uh, Horrors in the Dark or something like that, um, and just kind of like blast off anybody that I res in your backfield. Like anybody who wants to squat in their territory and do stuff would have been a very difficult matchup. Um, I think I wasn't really too worried about it because again, meta game and like the stuff that would have been very, very scary to see, like thorns who can just one action get on five different tokens mm. and just completely blank me out of a lot of my being enemy territory holding things like. You know, nobody's playing Thorns. I think there maybe was one Thorn player near the bottom tables there. Um Nobody's playing Gloom Spike Gets. Nobody's playing well, people were playing skeletons for an extent, but they didn't make a huge showing at Adepticon. So uh Yeah, I think there were some bad matchups available to me. Um but I kind of had a plan to deal with it. I mean, even in those bad matchups, you can always default to, all right, well, I'm gonna get great strength and shadow keeper on scritch and i'm going to put him on a uh, cover hex in the middle of the board and he's just going to stab everybody who comes close yeah <laughs> which is because <laughs> a lot of those decks that you play against are two wound fighters three wound fighters one dodge maybe two dodge if they're lucky so right yeah. Uh, yeah so there were plans against it i think if i had gone up against those i would not have gotten nearly as far and that's kind of like that's part of Underworlds in a nutshell, right? It's like, Absolutely. it's not just luck in a game. You also have to get luck in your matchups. And if I hadn't faced three crushes in a row and I had faced, you know, both other Skaven players and like the Kynan's Reapers player um, in, you know, Davy in day one, like there's a good chance I didn't get nearly as far as I did and get seated as well as I did in day two, even if I did make it. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's just part of the game, I think.
2: Sure, definitely agree. Yeah, I mean, not to not to belabor that too much, but it's a game about uh, mitigating risk or, you know, risk management. You know, you're saying, like, uh, this is the play, I'm, I'm good with this play uh, as long as they don't succeed on hitting Scritch. And they, you know, I've stacked enough stuff that it's a, only a 27% they're going to hit them or whatever the case may be. I'm just throwing wow. random numbers. In the same way, you know, what I'm hearing is that you were doing the same thing with the meta. You're saying, like, you know, like I'm going to set this up where uh, I'm in trouble if I hit multiple times against, like you said, um, you know, uh, the spike claw mirror or uh, gloom Spite or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But the chances of that happening are pretty low, so I, I'm going to mitigate risk and say, you know, I'm in a bad spot, but it's only going to come up 18% of the time, or whatever the case may be. So it, that's like the uh, it's the matchup version of the on the table risk uh, risk management risk mitigation.
1: Exactly. And I think that's definitely something you have to plan for when you start to take events more seriously. If there's any listeners who are like, you know, you're you're starting to think about going to tournaments or, you know, you see maybe some of the U.S. opens are going to add Underworlds, maybe fingers crossed. Or you think about going to Nova or something like that, like, you know, you can't plan for everything. Mm. You just kind of have to plan for what you think is going to happen and what you think has the highest percent chance of happening. You know if you if you try to plan for there's what like 36 37 factions in the game now there's a there's a lot there's a lot <laughs> yeah and, and if and if you try to plan for every single one of them and then like oh well you know these such and such faction also has you know three different play styles I can go you know depending on what kind <laughs> of cards they bring like yeah. you're never go- you're never gonna get there but if yeah. you just concentrate on the things you expect to see, you know that is the type of metagaming that can get you further than you might have gotten otherwise
0: mm. absolutely well I think that that is a good tip to end on uh, I am curious if you're are you brewing up anything else right now I know you said you're taking a break from Underworlds for a little while but well gotta... I was taking
1: a break on the hobby side ah. uh, <laughs> I, um, I've signed up for uh, this new league uh, I'm I'm kind of torn. I've been playing a lot of uh, Soul Raid. Um, Mm, I think they're a a really good warband. Surprised we only saw one of them at Adapticon. Uh, Shout out to Alex who rocked them and did really well with them as well. Um, uh, But also, um, they're just kind of fit my play style. You know, I like more technical things. I don't like just playing straight aggro. I like things that kind of have like little tricks and. T- uh, tidbits and you know special abilities and stuff like that and uh, Soul Raid is definitely scratching that itch um, but uh, you know after my discussion I, I was discussing a little bit last week with Amon and then with a couple other people about whether Reapers, Kynan's Reapers are a good warband or not uh, mm-hmm. because that seems to be a very divisive topic in the <laughs> community whether they're a good warband or actually just terrible Um hmm. And I'm like, ah, maybe I'll try to make them work. They're, uh, they're interesting. You know, they have, I think, a, a relatively deep play style compared to some of the other swarmy war bands. So, uh, yeah, I've got a couple decks brewing. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to uh, try to get some practice games in. But, uh, yeah, it, it might not be uh Skaven for a while. I think I've pushed that one to the extreme and I'm ready to <laughs> try something else. Fair.
2: Let's take a dip in somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, that that specific thing you talk about uh um uh Cannon's Reapers being a divisive war band. Uh Baconborn has his blog uh determined effort. Mm-hmm. Um and if I remember our I'll throw a link into that where it discusses that very question here. It's like what's going on here? Why why is this such a divisive war band? I thought that was an interesting read.
1: So Yeah, for sure.
0: All right. Well that was a wonderful discussion of all these juicy ideas hopefully got some thoughts flowing for folks out there uh always lovely to see old shade spire stuff kicking around still doing work yeah uh
2: the only other thing i wanted to throw in i guess uh, just popped in my head here is you know we talked a lot about how this deck was constructed and what it was constructed for and how it works and all that sort of thing but uh i i don't think you can say enough about getting the reps in and I think the sign to me that you had got the reps in on this deck was uh, you you played Carnivores all, and it meant that I had the chance to give hunger counters to my folks. And I was like, no, nah, I don't care about that. Why would I do that? Uh, and then later, when I uh, threw out uh, Ferocious Blow. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a card I've always used for plus one damage it'll give you cleave if you got hunger on you <laughs> and you're after that game you're like hey you know you could have had cleave on that and I was like oh my god
1: <laughs> like I couldn't uh, have.
2: I'm like, <laughs> ah. and and that was a moment where I was like there's someone who's played this deck enough times that he knows like uh you know what what things you're you know what things you're giving your opponent um you yeah
1: know. And, and when you're uh relying on shadow keeper to keep a glitch <laughs> or you know yeah. even just somebody on an objective safe like yeah yeah you know that that does make a difference yeah
0: sure does for sure <laughs> so man yeah yeah i mean so i know we we talked about it a lot in our pre- in our prep but i think we way back for the 2019 prep episode we talked about this some but like there's knowing your warband and there's knowing the field but then there's just like reps muscle memory skill like there's just the extra like that 10 percent that you add on top after you've like memorized the deck memorize the field that you're probably gonna see it's like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: all right you know the things now you gotta actually go past the test, right? So
1: yeah, the the biggest part of that I find is reaction windows because mm. yeah, you know it, it's one of the reasons I didn't bring Soul Raid Crab oh, yeah. reaction, yeah. Fish Token <laughs> reaction, like forget it every single time. Yeah, um, but in this one specifically, like you know there were times even even at Adepticon where I was like, oh wait, I also have Dark Sacrifice when this guy dies because yeah. like. Yeah. You know, they'll die with Omega's offering, which is not a reaction. You got to have to remember, like, I can do a reaction off that, but I can't do mm. a reaction other times. And then I also have like, you know, uh Shadow Keeper as a reaction, which is very silly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like reaction windows, I think. Getting the reps with your deck to know when the cards played so you're not throwing off the flow of the game, right. because I think most people are relatively courteous enough to just be like oh yeah, yeah yeah let's step back you can take that reaction no big deal whatever but like i i think people are well within the rights to be like hey man we passed that reaction window you can't do that anymore like i you know if somebody did that to me i would I'd totally be 100 on board with that so mm-hmm. uh yeah i yeah. think so knowing that as a player and knowing that about your deck when to take those reactions when to like keep that in mind you know knowing what cards in your hand um and like when that card should come out or can come out even is a, is a huge, huge determiner. Sure.
0: Absolutely. Some great, great last minute tips there. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? <laughs>
2: I mean, this is almost uh, almost a nothing, but like one thing I actually get out of reps is like just recognizing the art, right? Because you don't to. Have- <laughs> <laughs> read your cards. early on when i play a deck i'll, yeah. I'll be like uh, i'll misplay because i just see the art and i think it's a different card like a, my brain will shortcut and you know i think oh i'm holding this other thing you know i don't know like uh and so enough reps where you just like all you got to do is see the picture you're like okay i'm holding you know horrors in the dark I, there's some right. <laughs> some backlit dudes with red light behind them i got horrors <laughs> in the dark. In you know whatever yeah, yeah. the case may be you know it, it's silly but uh but I notice uh, a reduced number of misplays that the deeper I get with reps and is because I stop mistaking art for one for the other.
0: But,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I I mean, mean, it I seems d- silly and small, but yeah, I definitely agree with that. <laughs>
0: I noticed that I do that a lot more in Vassal where it's way too small for me to read the cards <laughs> yeah. where I yeah, have to know what they are know. without reading them. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what cards <laughs> are in my hand? Yeah. Uh, but slight digression D- does it help sure. davy for you to know the uh the flavor text on your cards because <laughs> <laughs> i know you're uh, a fan
2: I, I am a fan and uh spoiler alert, i think uh, starting next episode we may have a new segment um, which, is, <laughs> which is a a uh a uh flavor text quiz well, well so. <laughs>
0: hopefully folks have been paying attention to their cards uh Although I feel like our listeners do pay attention very well because I feel like every time we have these kinds of quizzes, people always come up with great answers and then we're like, we actually have to go check and see if that's right. (laughs) And there always are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, I think, I think we are starting to digress a bit here. So I think we can wrap things up. Um, If you've liked this episode, if you want to just let us know about anything that you thought of while you were listening or anything that you've got brewing Uh, You can reach us at WTHcast on Twitter or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to check out any of the other content that we have about the Age of Sigmar universe, you can head on over to Um, themortalrealms.com. We will have a link to our upcoming event on May 1st. We're going to be running a Rivals Plus event, as we had mentioned. Um, That will also be on themortalrealms.com, but we will have a link to it here in the show notes uh, if you'd like to just quick jump over there without having to go look for anything um coming up next hopefully we will have some sort of announcements to talk about uh yeah. it seems imminent but <laughs> who knows uh they yeah. might just keep teasing us
2: barring that maybe a dive into the uh the new uh, maze breachers
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah maze breachers we can even test it out seeing as how we've got this rivals plus thing coming up for sure uh so yeah a little bit of a little bit of Rivals Plus we could talk about there. Um, otherwise, I think we just have some recommended listening for folks.
2: Yeah, we're going to go with... Uh, I, I thought about balla Confusion because of how <laughs> brutal that card was to me. But uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, Rats Get Fat. And that's a Hill Country Devil song. It's real
0: good. We'll have a link to that in, uh, in the show notes as always. All right. It's a good one to go check out. For What The Hecks, I've been Phil. I've been Davey.
1: And I've been Zach.
2: I was a uh, digression machine right at the end there. So.
0: <laughs> we were just like further and further off. I like, all right, well, I mean, it's fun, but we are it's way cool. off topic.
2: It feels yeah. like uh, you're editing, man. So Yeah, I mean, all, you know, I do whatever I, you want to do.
0: I, I can keep hanging out, but I don't know how much this. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what you get when you have a good conversation, man. You yeah. just want to keep going. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all that interstitial that stays in. And, you know, honestly, I listen to him, I'm like, Actually, it's totally fine. We can probably yeah. save myself a lot of work by not doing all the editing that I do. Oh,
0: man. Uh, yeah. You know, well,
1: if
0: you funny. tell Aaron that you're going to do that, mm-hmm. you can also save yourself a lot of work. Because <laughs> he'll <they'll> start <laughs> editing instead for me? <laughs> I think so. That'd be my guess anyway. He'd be like, no.
2: He'd, ha- he'd have an aneurysm. <laughs> this will not stand. Um, well uh zach i sent you kind of a list of questions and we'll just keep it yeah, pretty so. fluid here um we'll make sure
0: phil you got a copy of the deck up in uh front Ooh, of you i i do not have it pulled up but i am sure i could find a copy of it very easily underworld's db
2: for yeah. all your tournament deck needs <laughs> yeah how's it feel to have a deck up on there actually do you, do you already have one on there from uh, uh online events or